Pasuk says regarding Erev Yom Kippur that on the ninth of the month from nightfall to nightfall a person should be ma'ana himself literally means affect himself that means we would think that the affliction referred to is the affliction of fasting which is applied on Erev Yom Kippur we know the fast is the tenth of Tishrei. And that's why the Gemara explains that when the Pasuk talks about the ninth, really on the ninth there's a mitzvah to eat. But the Ketura considers that if a person eats on the ninth, as if they fasted the ninth, just like they're going to fast the tenth. So we're going to discuss Be'ez HaShem. Firstly, the reasons for eating on the ninth. In other words, it's something a person would do on his own if he knew that he was going to be a fast. So why do we need to be instructed or given a mitzvah to eat? It's obviously that there's some significance to eating on the ninth in its own right. And then we'll talk about Be'ez HaShem, the halachic parameters of how this applies. So the first question asked is, is the mitzvah to eat on the ninth a mitzvah deraisa because we learn from a pasuk, or is it only something which is inferred from the pasuk? But really, the nature of the mitzvah is only a mitzvah derabanan. There'll be differences. For example, if it's in the category of a mitzvah deraisa, so then there'll be a question: Are ladies chayiv? Because if it would be a mitzvah deraisa, then it's a time-based mitzvah which applies only on the ninth of Tishrei. And if that's the case, with the general exemption of ladies from mitzvahs based on time, apply to eating before Yom Kippur as well. So you're going to see this depends a little bit on the reasons why there's a mitzvah to eat before Yom Kippur. The simple reason that there's a mitzvah to eat before Yom Kippur is to prepare ourselves for the fast. And even though if we knew there was a fast naturally, we would prepare ourselves for the fast, but the Torah is mitzvah to eat before the fast as a part of, so to speak, the Yom Kippur is the mitzvah of eating before Yom Kippur too. And therefore, the nature of the mitzvah is specifically so that a person is able to fast better on Yom Kippur. We could say a bit further than that, and that is the idea of fasting on Yom Kippur isn't that we just uh, curl up in bed and stay asleep the whole day. In Kippur today, we're meant to utilize to the utmost. In Kippur today, we're meant to achieve as much as we can in our tefillah, in our avoda, in our tshuva. And therefore, of course, anything which helps us fast better. And therefore, we're more able to focus on the rest of the avoda of the day besides for fasting, so that's the preparation we can do for Yom Kippur and Arab Yom Kippur. If that's the reason for eating before the fast, then it would apply to ladies, just like it applies to men. Since the mitzvah of fasting in Yom Kippur applies equally to ladies and to men, then the mitzvah to eat before the fast would also apply equally to ladies and to men. Also, the question is always asked, if that's the case, a person who is unwell or has some kind of medical condition, which means they'll have to eat on Yom Kippur, is there any reason to eat before Yom Kippur? In other words, if the only reason for eating before Yom Kippur is in order to be able to have strength for the fast, and if a person who's not going to fast anyway, um, maybe he's not Lamech even this mitzvah, which is something else a person can talk about. 
if this would be the reason for it, then maybe there wouldn't be a reason for them to eat an Arab and Kippur. The second point, which is going to also be a difference, is does this mitzvah apply from the night of the ninth, or only from the morning of the ninth? And the post can listen to this argument there as well, and that is what a person eats on the day of Arab and Kippur might still give him energy or strength or whatever nutrients he needs for Yom Kippur. But the night before Yom Kippur is considered to be too far ahead that it's going to have any practical difference to the person in Yom Kippur itself. And if that's the case, then those person will hold it. There's no mitzvah to eat the night of Arab and Kippur. The mitzvah to eat is only on the day of Arab and Kippur itself. The third difference will be, and that is the nature of what a person is going to eat. Because if this is the intention eating, then obviously he'll be yet to this mitzvah by eating those food, foods which are going to help him in the fast. Or drinking water to keep hydrated, whatever it's going to be. There there'll be a mitzvah. Whereas eating foods, mitzvah, candies, which are just quick burning sugar, and by the time the fast comes, will have no, have no nutritional value or won't help him so to speak, fast, then maybe, according to this opinion, there wouldn't be a mitzvah in eating everyone kippah, such foods. Also, according to this opinion, there's no chiyuv to eat after your kippah. The idea is to prepare for the fast. Once the fast has gone out, then there's no chiyuv any longer. So that's the first opinion. The second opinion is not to prepare for the fast, rather the suda of your kippah. Your kippah is really a yamtif. It's a yamtif just like any of the other regarding. And the way we normally celebrate Yom Tov is through a Surah's Yom Tov, through the meals you make for Yom Tov. And if that's the case, we, really, we would want to do the same for Yom Kippur, because that's also called the Yom Tov. Except, obviously, since Yom Kippur is the fast day, besides it being a Yom Tov, so we can't make the Surah's Yom Tov on Yom Kippur itself. And therefore what we do is we push off the two meals, either both of the two meals to Arab Yom Kippur, or one meal to before Yom Kippur, and one meal to after Yom Kippur. But then those two meals have the status and the din of the Surah's Yom Tov, of Yom Kippur. Which we're eating, which we're celebrating, either before or after Yom Kippur. Now, if that's the reason for the mitzvah to eat in Yom Kippur, then just snacking on food or looking for uh, something to, so to speak, fill one's mouth through the day, isn't going to be the way to make the mitzvah. If that's the case, the way a person is making the mitzvah, is by sitting down to a proper Surah Mitzvah, a Surah Yom Tov, and eating that in Erev Yom Kippur is in place of, in place of eat, the Surah he's meant to eat in Yom Kippur itself. This is really uh, brought in the post Kim 2, which is called Surah Mavsekah specifically, which is the meal just before the fast, has the din of a Surah Yom Tov. And therefore there's a Mirak Tev Lecha Mishnah by the Surah Mavsekah, that those without candles want to really be wearing Shabbos sticker clothing, um, should eat it on let's say, this, the kind of silverware or, or t- plates he uses on the Shabbos meal because that is a din of a Surah's Yom Tov. Uh, I was asked why there's a reason to have Lechem Mishnah on Yom Kippur when the Jews didn't eat on Yom Kippur so they didn't need a double portion of man. And I think the reason is that it's true it wasn't a double portion of man but there was a second nace of the man was that every day the man fell for that day and every day it wasn't used Went, went, went bad or was melted or got infested, whatever it would be. Except for Shabbos and Yom Tov when they got the extra on Friday for the next day also because the man didn't fall on Shabbos or on Yom Tov. And if that's the case, it's very simple. The man definitely didn't fall on Yom Kippur either. 
if that's the case, where did they get the mon for Matzah Yom Kippur? So it must be that the mon fell on Erev Yom Kippur, both for that day and for the following night. And if that's the case, there's also here an example of the mon today falling for tomorrow. So there would be a, a Makar for Lecha Mishnah. There would be a Makar for Lecha Mishnah um, at the Surah of, of Erev Yom Kippur. And if that's the case, again, one should uh, have it in the atmosphere of a Surah Yom Tov. Now, there's always have the Minak to have two meals during the day of Erev Yom Kippur. Again, both in this in this way, as a Surah, with washing and a Surah Yom Tov. And those have one mitzvah before Yom Kippur and one Surah mitzvah after Yom Kippur. Which means the way they break the fast, Matzah Yom Kippur, shouldn't just be on coffee and danishes or on uh, salads or whatever it's going to be. Uh, if that's the case, a person has to have a Surah similar to a Surah Yom Tov after Yom Kippur also. So a person should wash and uh, eat like he would at a Surah Yom this is a Surah Yom Kippur. By a normal Surah Yom or a normal Surah Yom Tov, maybe a person would have meat, but it's brought down not to have red meat at the Surah of Sekhus already the whole day of Yom Kippur because it's something which makes a person drowsy and it's fatty as well, so it makes it harder to fast and it's heavier. And if that's the case, the Minag of Kaisral was always to have chicken, it's brought by Sarah before the fast. Uh, and uh, but that's only regarding the meal before the fast. Regarding the meal after the fast, it doesn't make a difference anymore, so a person can eat whatever they choose to do. Similarly, it does have a minute to have fish on this, at the Surah of Sekhus. And the reason for that is because there's a famous master in the Midrash of the poor tailor who outbid the king's agent to buy the last fish in the marketplace. So we see that they also emphasize the importance of fish on Erev Yom Kippur. Now that's not really a rai because it could be that's all there was to buy. But nevertheless, because of that, there are those who have the merit to eat fish. There are those who are eating fish on Erev Yom Kippur because they hold that fish um, is something which can bring a person to be tame and they have a rai from a tosefta. And therefore there are those who split of hidanta fish. And there are those shittas who resolve the two and say that the problem is with hot fish. If a person wants to have cold fish as, as the first course of the Surah of Sekhus, they're allowed to do that. Just to clarify, the Surah of Sekhus of Yom Kippur is not like on Tisha B'Av. Tisha B'Av, the dinner of the Surah of Sekhus, a person can only eat one food, which we get to with the egg. The Surah of Sekhus of every Yom Kippur, a person can eat as much as he wants. It's like a Surah of Yom Tov. Right. Okay, so that's the second opinion. That it has a dinner of Surah of Yom Tov. There's another shita also, interesting, and that is we know that the whole month of Elul we blow the Shafer, and then on Erev Rosh Hashanah we don't blow the Shafer. Why the whole month we blow the Shafer not on Erev Rosh Hashanah? So the Chalacha tells us is to make a separation between the Tkiyas of Elul, which are really Tkiyas of a Minag, we call Tkiyas Roshus, and the Tkiyas of Rosh Hashanah, which are a Mitzvah Daraisa. And therefore, in order we shouldn't think it's all the same thing. We have a day's break in between to show that they're not the same category, they're not the same mitzvah. And therefore, there's also say the same applies over here. We saw about Slichus that the reason Slichus starts four days before Shoshana is because of those people who had a minute to fast ten days in the Zerisimajava, but since there are always four days being the Tuesday of Shoshana, Shabbos, and Arab and Kippur, which a person is not allowed to fast, so we're left with only six days that a person is allowed to fast, so that's why we need four days of Slichus minimum to make up the 10 days. Based on this cheshman, so the idea of eating every Yom Kippur is to make a separation between 
the fasts of the says Mitchell, which are only Khumra or Tanish Rishos, and the fast of Yom Kippur, which is much more severe. This is a fast with the rice. And therefore we make a separation between them by eating on Erev Yom Kippur. And if he that shit, a person can eat anything, as long as it didn't fast. And they ask, is a hold like that? And therefore if a person, let's say, had a bad dream, and he wants to fast on Tanish Chalom, so it's brought that he can fast until the Surah of Circus and eat at the Surah of Circus because he has, that is, the, so to speak, the break before Yom Kippur. Right, there's a, that's, so that's uh, for three reasons. There's a fourth reason also. Uh, it's interesting that's brought down such a reason. A bit opposite to what we said before, that there's eating is meant, meant to make the fast easier. And those shit is also exactly the opposite. And that is that if a person's trained himself to not to eat too much, he doesn't get hungry so quickly. Whereas if a person's eating a lot and then he's used to that, so it's much harder to fast. And therefore, eating on the 9th makes the Inui, makes the not eating on the 10th more of an Inui. makes it more difficult not to eat the next day. Okay, and that's okay. So when the pastor goes on the 9th, the person must affect himself. That means by eating on the 9th, they're really setting up this, the scene that they're going to feel the affliction of not eating more Yom Kippur because, because they're, not, they're fasting after and they were the 8th. Uh, much more than normal. So as a chat, one can hear it, the obvious question is, why would the Torah mitzvah is such a thing? Why would the Torah want a person to eat on Aram Kippur in a way where it's going to make it harder for them to fast on Yom Kippur itself? So the number of suggestions one could give, but just one idea possibly, is that something a person does anyway, it's harder to see as being a mitzvah. It has, it has much more in a person's thoughts and there's no there's no proof from what he's doing. He's doing a mitzvah because it's something a person would do anyway. And therefore, fasting in Kippur. If a person has been fasting until now anyway, like we saw previously, so it's not a big matter that he fasted in Kippur too. Mashiachan is a change in what he was doing. Until now they were eating, and eating much more than normal. And now from that a person decides to fast. And it's more of a decision to fast and not something which was anyway something he was going to do. And the rife that is he ate yesterday, so then let's say it would be it would be something more of a change for him to fast today. The fifth reason to eat on Erevim Kefir is brought down by Rabbi Yonah. And he says because we know what a tremendous difference Yom Kippur makes to us. We know that the power of Yom Kippur can change, so to speak, a person from being a Russia to a Tzadik, can take him out of a category of somebody who Hashem dislikes, is not prepared to listen to their Tfilis, to somebody who Hashem loves and is eager for their Tfilis. And therefore, as we travel through the year and we get more and more deeply, so to speak, sunk in the quagmire of our Averis, we get more and more bound by the shackles of the things we've done wrong, so the more we look forward to Yom Kippur, there's a chance to divest ourselves of all the various we've accumulated. And it's a chance to free ourselves, so to speak, from the quicksand of a sin that we've sunk into. And therefore the way we want to come to Yom Kippur, the minds that we meant to have, is with happiness, gratitude. Baruch Hashem, we have Yom Kippur. And how do we always show happiness? We make a surah's mitzvah. And therefore he says the reason to make a surah on Erev Yom Kippur and to eat an Erev Yom Kippur is to show how happy we are that Yom Kippur has arrived. We've been waiting a long time for this opportunity. 
Now the truth is that this would be the right thing to do after Yom Kippur. If we have to make a Surah after Yom Kippur, so then that would be the right time to celebrate Yom Kippur because now we've hopefully done the Avodah which was incumbent on, on us to do and we've been to deserve the Kapara that Hashem has given us and now we're free from our virus. Now we can celebrate. Now's the time to make a Surah, which is true. There is an Indian in making the Surah after, uh, after Yom Kippur also. But the important point, why we have it before Yom Kippur, is because this is the, the thoughts the person is meant to be thinking coming into Yom Kippur. This is meant to be his mindset when he comes into Yom Kippur. That I'm not coming to Yom Kippur as a day of a fearful din, like Rosh Hashanah was. When a person comes to Yom Kippur with gratitude, at long last Yom Kippur's arrived, this was the day we were anticipating, this was the day we were wait, awaiting. So once again, according to Ben Yonah, the idea of eating every kippah is to show celebration, and therefore the person eats is what is something he is using as a means to celebrate. Uh, for those people who think of this category applies to alcohol, obviously it doesn't. A person is not meant to be drinking alcohol every kippah, it's just going to interfere with his ability to daven on your kippah itself. Okay, so those are the five reasons so far about why there would be an inyan, why the Torah made an inyan to eat on Arab Yom Kippur. We saw an argument already. If the mitzvah starts from the night or not, most folks can hold it starts only from the morning. However, it doesn't have to be late in the morning. If a person davens night and straight after he eats something, he's already being mekayim the mitzvah of eating Arab Yom Kippur. How much does a person have to eat in order to mekayim the mitzvah? So, the simple chat is anything. Whatever a person eats on Arab Yom Kippur is part of the mitzvah of eating Arab Yom Kippur. For those who say it has to be kazayas bechadech and espras, in other words, like the amount of bread a person who eats in one go at a meal, if that's the case, they're only going to make in the mitzvah when they're sitting down to the soda. But we have an authority of many gedolim that the way they spread Erevin Kippur was eating raisin by raisin or nut by nut or whatever it was, would have been. And if that's the case, they obviously held that each action of eating is considered a mitzvah, even if it's less than the shirah of pras, and even if it's um, not in the context of a meal. And therefore, a person is able to accumulate a lot of mitzvahs in a very easy way because people anyway like to eat, and if an Arab kibbutz, that's an opportunity to do so when it's a mitzvah, so obviously we can try and gain these mitzvahs. The important point is that a person has to let in mind. You know, there's some mitzvahs, the, it's quite obvious it's doing a mitzvah, there'd be no other explanation why a person would be tying a black box to his arm, for example, and therefore it's understood it's a mitzvah. But when it comes to eating, which people do regularly, even when it's not a mitzvah, so the, the act of eating itself doesn't convey that the person is doing a mitzvah. And because of that, the person should more more have kavana that I'm eating the same mitzvah, and therefore he gets the the, the schar also of intending and having uh, kavana to do an action of a mitzvah. Okay. Now, the certain restrictions that a person is not meant to eat on Eric Mekhifah, you know, even though everything is a mitzvah, there are certain restrictions. The first one is, Salty foods or spicy foods, which are going to make him thirsty on the fast, this is just a practical answer. Not to eat them because it's not going to help his fast, it's going to make his fast more difficult. Um, when it comes to now, the, we find by the coin Godel in Yom Kippur, there's a special nest that's done for him that he would never become Tom in Yom Kippur. And even so, the minute the coin was, the coming of Yom Kippur, they wouldn't let the Kohen Gadol eat um, foods with the milky base or garlic or eggs or things like that, which might have been more of a factor to bring him to Tumah. And therefore, we learn from that that if that's the past the Kohen Gadol and his 
very exalted spiritual stature. And the Basel Megdash, which is a place where obviously there was that clarity of Ruchnius. And the Kohen Gadol nevertheless is instructed to go to the nth degree to make sure he doesn't become Tomei. So obviously people who want to become Tomei and Kippur as well should also not eat those foods which could have that potential. Obviously only applies to men, but therefore men shouldn't, on every Kippur, shouldn't eat um, milk or milk-based foods or eggs or garlics. Well, like we said before, some hold hot fish. These things are, are things which could be the source of a mixture later on. When does this restriction apply from? The dose that applies from the morning is mashmots and ramah. It only applies after chatzos. Either way around, everyone has their own shitter and uh, that's what they have to keep. But when we're talking about something which is milk, and therefore it should be avoided in everyone's we're talking about either milk itself or a food where the milk is the primary ingredient. And if you always want to know, are they allowed to drink coffee in everyone's kippah? And the answer is for sure yes, because the majority of the cup is the coffee or the water, and the milk is just a minority, and therefore doesn't get the din of a milky dish. However, if a person wanted an iced coffee, maybe, which is much more milk, then there might be a shayla, there is better to avoid a machale cholov, uh, like we said, drinks with milk in them, or foods with milk in them, or the other examples of uh, foods which a person should be eating on Erevim Kippur. So, so the fish which has lots of small bones, the Indian not to eat it at the time of Sekas, it's a chashash, because of the awe of the day, a person must not be careful and come to Sakana, which is what's brought in the post like we said before, that even though at the first meal a person has more options, when it comes to Surah Sekhis, the meal goes to eat specifically chicken, or either beside oif, turkey, whatever it's going to be, and not fish, not anything with milk based, and not red meat. One has to stop eating a little bit before your kippah comes in. It's the midst of being moist with Mechadah That a person is meant to bring your kippah a little bit early. Your kippah starts by shkia. But always it's Kedai to do that, even without this din. Because firstly, shkia is given as an average per place. And it might not be completely accurate for the exact location where a person is. And secondly, not everybody's watch is perfectly calibrated with the real time. And that's why when it comes to the rice, such as in kippah, we always say it's, it's much safer to give a, once a, a certain amount of margin for error that a person shouldn't come to be over in a very minute or two or three before Shkir, and it's besides for the Indian to stop eating because of Tosefes Shviz. I mean, sorry, Tosefes and Kippur. Now, on this thing, there's one more point that needs to be said, and that is like every Yom Tov, ladies need to that Neris. And like Shabbos, they can't light on Shabbos, they have to light beforehand. So Yom Kippur also, the lady has to light before Yom Kippur comes in. By lighting the Neris, she's brought in Yom Kippur. And therefore she can't eat or drink after she's at Neris, or wear her normal shoes. And therefore she, be, she should be fully ready for Yom Kippur before she lights the Neris. There was also a minag to, of every married man to light what's called the Nerabari, uh, another candle for himself. That candle is just a minag, it doesn't make him bring in Yom Kippur when he lights the candle. Similarly, in order to be able to do Havdalah on Matzah Yom Kippur, one needs a lamp which is burning through the day. And then people light a candle for that as well. Or Yatzah candles, all these other candles, even though they mean Hagim of Yom Kippur, 
it doesn't mean that a person is brought in Yom Kippur by lighting these candles. Um, this is an important point anyway, because there are those who hold that Kol Nidre is the din of Hataras Nadarim, and that can't be done on Shabbos or Yom Tif, and therefore they hold that uh, one shouldn't bring in Yom Kippur until after Kol Nidre. That's not that practical, because normally the way that the souls schedule the time for Kol Nidre, it's in a way that by the time Kol Nidre is finished, it's already after Shkir anyway, so Yom Kippur has already come in. But regardless, until that stage, the person has been Yom Kippur, Unless either he gets to Shkir or he's, he's decided to he's take Minyam Kippur. And the last point is uh, if a lady doesn't want to bring your Kippur, then obviously you should have in mind that you only bring your Kippur later. At one final din, there's a halacha that it's also to keep matmin chamin, to keep food hot on your Kippur for after your Kippur. Some kind of a chashash that people think he's doing with your Kippur itself. And therefore, even though a person can prepare food to eat after the fast beforehand, but you're going to leave it on a slow cooker or an oven or something like that on during Yom Kippur for the duration of Yom Kippur to eat afterwards, it's going to have to put it in the refrigerator and heat it up again after the fast is finished. However, this gazera was that people shouldn't come to think a person's eating on Yom Kippur. But if a person is keeping the food hot for children who are going to eat on Yom Kippur, then of course that would be mutter. And one more din, and that is when it comes to eating, it's brought that when a person gets to the stage where he feels sickened by food, we call it gasa. So then there's no, it's not called eating, it's just called destroying food, and there's no medicine in that either. And if that's the case, since, like we saw, according to a number of opinions, the Ikha of Erevim Kippur is a Surah Mavsekis, the Surah before the fast. While it's permitted to eat the whole day, a person should make sure that when he gets to the meal before the fast, he's not holding at that stage of being overfull that it's, that it's called Akhila gasa. One last point I want to add about the reasons for eating with Erev Yom Kippur. The reason I write that uh, the, when someone does something during the year, in the context where it's not a mitzvah, it's like just to enjoy something physical in this world. So there's something not spiritually right, completely right about that. Uh, it's like, so to speak, a person is utilizing this world just for their own enjoyment and not in some way in the service of Hashem. And therefore, the way to rectify that is to look for a way that a person can channel whatever his enjoyment or use of the physical world is as some form of Eretz Hashem. If that would be the case, that people would be held accountable for enjoyment of this world, so to speak, with the wrong intention, then the primary culprit would be eating and drinking. That's the main source of physical enjoyment people get on the daily basis, and normally it's not done with any good intention. So if that's the case, a person eating and drinking throughout the year is missing something, so to speak, in a spir- on a spiritual level, and therefore having a day where eating and drinking is a mitzvah, and a person has in mind that he's doing the same activity he does all year long, eating and drinking, but this time he's doing it as a mitzvah, in some way it's also used to rectify the eating and drinking of the year, which wasn't done with the right intentions or in the framework of a mitzvah. And if that's the case, once again, it's the way to it's part of our general campaign, our general plan of how to rectify everything we can, or matzakin as much as we can, before Yom Kippur. And that way when Yom Kippur comes, we're already holding by having done as much groundwork as we can, so to speak, that we can be zeicha to get kapara, and uh, at the same time, the bracha for Gemara Chesim on Yom Kippur.